the sixth chapter, verse 10. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 10. The word of God reads, finally, I'm reading out the expanded Bible, the King James. I'm just breaking it down with the expanded. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his great, strong, mighty power. King James says, be strong in the Lord, right? So I want to make sure we're on the same guideline. We're still going to get the same scripture, but it's broken down just a little bit more. So he's saying, be strong in the Lord and in his great, strong, mighty power. You may be seated. We started there last week, and I'm going to go briefly over that. I want you to really grab hold to this. Because if you grab hold to this, when you go into battle, you're going to know that it's not with your strength nor with your power. And that's the first thing that we got to recognize, that when we're in this battle, we're strong in him. In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. It's about being in him. This is why you need to know that you're in him. Some of us are still trying to fight this spiritual battle in the flesh. You cannot fight it in the flesh. This is a spiritual battle. And this is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to think it's a fleshly battle. So you cannot go in to this battle dependent on God. We have to depend on his power, his strength, not our own. Because we cannot go into battle dependent on ourselves. Remember he said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. I want y'all to grab this because some of us are still trying to do things without him. This is why when we got born again, he came in and lived on the inside of us, on the inside of our spirit. That's where God dwells. That's where his power is. But God said, I want to release my power in your soulish realm. And then it's going to go through your body. And the enemy going to know that you have made a connection with the power of God. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. And the enemy does not want you to know this because when you know this, you can rise up knowing that it's not you that's fighting in this battle, but it's the power of God that's coming against every demonic force that's coming against you. So that's why he said, you got to depend on me, your nourishment comes from me. The enemy wants you to detach yourself from the vine. How do we detach ourselves from the vine? By taking things upon ourselves, allowing pride to get in the way and say, I got this. I can do this. I don't need no help. The enemy knows when you get into pride, pride brings a fall. This is why he got thrown down out of heaven because of pride, because he wanted to exalt himself. It's all right to have help, but we got to know our help comes from the Lord. We have to call on him when we're in trouble. Why? Because he said, I'm your present help in time of trouble. That means that no matter where I am, when I begin to call on the Lord... And knowing that he's there, that he's on the inside of me and he's waiting to help me. 
So we went over how Moses brought the people out of Egypt. And I don't know about y'all, but a lot of us have been brought out of Egypt. Amen. We've been brought out of a place of bondage, but we've been brought out of that place, but we're still living in that place. Like we have not been brought out of bondage. How do I know? When things pop up in our lives, we go back to Egypt. We go back to, this is what I did have. I don't have that now that I'm saved. That's ignorance. Because you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places through Christ Jesus. The enemy don't want you. To come to the knowledge of the truth. Why? Because he know that when you know the truth, the truth is what makes you free. The enemy does not want you in the word of God to know truth because when you know truth, you are sanctified. He says, sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. This is the only way you're going to be set apart is through truth. This is the only way that people are going to know who you are is through the word of God. And as you know the word of God, this is how you're going to carry yourself. Your character is going to be just like his. So we look at Moses. Moses was the deliverer. He brought him out of Egypt. But how many know that they went through some things before they come out of Egypt? Some of us don't realize that we're going to go through some things here on earth. If anybody ever told you that you're not going to go through anything, they lied. You're going to go through, but it's how you go through what you're going through. You want to go through knowing who you are. Because as long as you're here on earth, things are going to attack you physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. They're going to attack you, even verbally. So get over thinking that you cannot be attacked. The more you get into the word of God, the stronger the attacks get. If your attacks have not intensified, it's because you're not where you need to be in him. Because everywhere in the word of God, it tells me that every apostle, that every disciple, when they join forces with the kingdom of God, they begin to get martyred. They begin to get ridiculed. They begin to get persecuted. If you're not going through, something's wrong. We think that we don't supposed to go through. But when you begin to go through, that's when we need to rejoice and say, God, the victory has already been won. I'm not trying to get victory. I already have victory. So when you know what you already have, you won't sit there and act like you don't have what God has given you. You are born again. You're born from above. You're born from the kingdom. You are a kingdom citizen. You are children of the king. You are an ambassador. You're carrying the message of God. You're carrying the power of God. And everywhere you go, there's supposed to be a touchdown to let them know that the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And if people are not seeing his glory, if they're not seeing his manifestation, it's because you're in the flesh and not in the spirit. Everywhere you go, people supposed to know that you're a child of the king. Even with simple stuff, people supposed to know my fighting against you. I know who my fight is against. And it's not you. This is why I told y'all Tuesday night, right after the teaching on Sunday, when we went out to eat, spiritual warfare, it began. And I mean, it began. When you're sitting down and you're ready to partake 
of the food. And all of a sudden, I just asked for something simple. This is what I'm telling you. It's the simple things, y'all. I'm asking for some more tea because the tea was too sweet. But I wanted it in a a to-go cup. How many drink out of to-go cups? And if they got to-go cups, they give you to-go cups, right? So when the waitress came, I said, could I have um, my tea unsweet and sweet? Could you mix it? Because this is just a little too sweet for me. So I couldn't drink out the cup. So she bought it over there in another cup. And I said, could you put that in a to-go cup? She took and slung it. I said, okay, okay. So I just sat there and blessed Apostle Hart and that little armor bear sitting right there. Apostle was very nice. She said, can I check her? I said, no, ma'am. So Apostle sat there smiling. The girl come back with attitude. Apostle say, can I check her? I said, no, ma'am. It's good. Alma Bear sitting there. She wanted to check her too. But we sat there in love and they watching her go to other tables, y'all, and giggle. Be nice. Come back to our table. Okay. So I said, okay, Holy Spirit, show me how to handle this. So I looked at the young lady and I said, I am so sorry. If I said something or did something to make you upset. She said, no, 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 no. It's so busy in here and people ask for silly things. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless his sweet name as my daddy said. Bless his sweet name. (laughs) So I just let that go. Pastor looked over at me again. It's okay. Sister Niece looking. Willie breathing on Sister Niece and she could feel him breathing to say, don't you open your mouth, baby. Everybody's sitting there calm and just watching her go to the other tables and laugh and cut up. So I called her back over and I said, again, I apologize. I said, I want to ask you a question. Were you saying that I'm silly? For what I asked you for? She said, yes. I said, for one, you get paid to wait on me. And if what I'm asking for is silly, your boss need to tell me that, not you. And I'm telling you this because I don't want you to go and do the same thing to somebody else that you're doing to me. And she was still on a rampage. But it was okay. You know why? Because I refuse to give the enemy any glory, any satisfaction, because I know who I am. And I don't have to stand up and say, wait a minute. I didn't use title because I don't have to. And people use title to try to make people bow down because they say, and I'm Apostle Tulu, or I'm Pastor this, I'm Evangelist this. No, I'm a child of God. And a child of God is going to love you in spite of what you do, in spite of what you say, in spite of how you act. And guess what? I showed up again on my normal routine on a Wednesday and still was nice to her and we left her a tip. Why? Because... God said, vengeance is mine, I shall repay, says the Lord. 
And see, matter of fact, I didn't have to introduce myself because the first time I met the young lady, God had me to minister love to her. So she already knew who I was, but the enemy was trying me by using her. So do I hate her because of what she, no, I don't. I know who it is. So we have to pray that her eyes become open and let the enemy know you can't have her. So this is what I'm telling you about spiritual warfare. It wasn't over that day. Me and my husband Tuesday. More warfare. Put my name on Facebook. Lies. I tell you lies. But it was all right. God did what he needed to do and he still showed love. So the enemy, when you're teaching truth, the enemy is going to try to find a way to try to get you to step out of the spirit and get in the flesh. Look at your neighbor say, already done it, already done it, thank you. But guess what? You're forgiven for what you already done. That's what I love so much about Jesus. He already forgave us for stepping out in the flesh. He already washed that clean, but the thing is, when we step out of the spirit and go into the flesh to entertain the flesh, guess what? It lets people see us for who we're not. And it takes a while for people to perceive us again because we messed it up. This is why you have to know you are in warfare. So Moses bought them out of Egypt. And when he bought them out of Egypt, every time something would pop up, y'all know what these people would say. Moses, you brought us out. What did I say last Sunday? They walked out on their own. They got two legs, right? They walked out on their own. Moses didn't make them do nothing. But when things go wrong, we always try to blame who? We blame the closest one to us. I blame my husband, my husband blame me. But when we find out what's behind that attack, we deal with that attack and say, wait a minute, I ain't fighting against you, honey. I know what's going on. Come on, sometime our ego, sometime our pride get in the way. And when somebody is telling us something that we know is right, we don't want to bow down. We want them to agree with our mess. That's an attack from the enemy. So those people were attacking Moses. But what did Moses do? He went to God. But it come a time that when Moses was going to God, when the people were attacking him and said, wasn't there enough graves in Egypt and you brought us out here in this wilderness to die? Come on, y'all, for real. What would we say in the natural? Die. Go on back to Egypt. Come on. We saying it. Don't we do it? We say it in our homes when somebody make us mad. Well, get out. You don't have to stay here. You don't pay no bills anyway. Get on out. Don't we do it? Come on, y'all. Let's just break it down. Let's just be honest. When we get mad at one another, we say stuff that we've been holding for years. And go to church, hallelujah, and smiling. But when they hit you with the right hit, you cursing them out. You calling them rascals. You even went back to slavery and said, you nigger. You know how your husband feel about that word. You know how your wife feel about that word, but you let the enemy use you to throw it up in their face. Guess what? We're in battle. We're in a spiritual warfare. We know what we're going to say before we say it. So why do we say it? Because we have a choice. We choose to. So Moses was there to bring them out, to bring them into a place. God chose Moses to do that. So when they started complaining, Moses humbled himself. 
And Moses began to tell them, fear not. For those that you see, you will not see again. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Meaning that God is going to bring you deliverance. God is going to rescue you from this enemy. He began to speak the word of God. He said, God is going to fight for you in this battle. Who does that when you got an enemy coming behind you and you seeing the enemy? Who does that? A person that know the Lord. So Moses was telling them, and y'all know they were defeated in battle. Look at David in 1 Samuel 17. He was coming up against Goliath, but before he could even come up against Goliath, he had to be prepared for battle. He had to be prepared for war. So God had him as a shepherd tending the sheep. Y'all, we got some pastors that's supposed to be tending the sheep that won't even take up for their sheep. They're all out here doing stuff that they don't supposed to do. They're not watching over those sheep the way God is telling them to watch over those sheep. They're not putting those sheep in check when they're trying to go out and do this or that or the other. They're not checking them with the word of God to save their lives. They're allowing them to be amongst wolves and know that there are wolves that are amongst them and won't do anything because they love the money more than they love the sheep. It's about their reputation. But David, he kept those sheep. When the lion, when the bear came in to attack those sheep, David knew that it was God who delivered those sheep from the paw of the lion and the bear and delivered David. David gave God the glory for that. He knew that it was God's power that allowed me to do what I do. And you are fearful over this uncircumcised Philistine who does not have covenant with us. You are fearful over him. So David went out against Goliath, but he couldn't do it until he was prepared for battle. Even the military, they prepare you for war. They don't put you on the front line until you prepared for battle. When you enlist in the military, guess what they do? They reprogram your mind. I'm your mama. I'm your daddy. You don't stay with them no more. You stay here. They teach you how to clean. They teach you physically. They teach you mentally. They teach you all of these things so you can forget about home. They don't want you um, calling home all the time because you're homesick. They don't let you do this. Why? Because they say we reprogramming you so you can do what we would have you to do. We want you prepared for battle. You're going to get over your fears in here. You're going to get over your arrogancy in here. I'm in charge. And you're going to do like I tell you to do. So they have to be prepared. They call it boot camp. But when they come out, there's a difference. You don't have to tell them to clean that room. Some of them are so clean in that military that some people can't stand them. You act like you better than me now. Now when they come home, they bring it out of you that was already there. (laughs) Mama, I can clean better than you. You missed the spot. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. You better go back to wherever you was. Because up in here, see what I'm saying? The enemy know how to get you. He'll get you one way or another. So we see how you got to be prepared. So what God was doing, he was preparing his people for war. God even said, no, I'm not going to take them that way. Because if I take them that way, they're going to go back to Egypt. Because God knew they wasn't prepared for battle. God had to get their mindsets to be his mindset. 
God knew that Egypt, they come out of Egypt, but Egypt was still in them. This is how we are, y'all. Some of us are born again, born from the kingdom of God, born from above, but we're acting like the world. And the reason why we're acting like the world, because we haven't renewed our minds according to the word of God. You just can't get saved and just say, I'm saved. Your lifestyle have to represent who you are. When you truly get saved, you don't want to do the same things that you used to do. Why? Because you have a new life on the inside of you. That old man, that old nature that was controlling you, that was compelling you when the law said don't, that nature will rise up and say, why not? It was controlling you to do what you do. But now you have a new nature in you. You have a new life in you, the life of God. And the life of God hates sin. I want y'all to hear what I'm saying. When you are truly born again, you hate sin. You hate it. Not that you're not going to get into it sometime, but you can't stay in it. It's not a person in here that have not done something you should. So many people act like they're so saved, sanctified, and filled that they just don't do nothing wrong. Yes, you do. Even in your thoughts, you may not be acting it out, but in your mind, you're thinking about how you hate your wife today or how you hate your husband. I can't stand you. You may not have said it out your mouth, but in your thoughts, it's there. In your thoughts, you tell them to shut up. Shut up. I don't want to hear it no more when you're smiling. Come on, all of us. In our mind. Even if we hadn't acted out, we have done something that don't line up with the way of God. See, back then, up under the law, you died. But because of grace and mercy, because of his grace and mercy, we are alive. And that's because we accepted Jesus Christ. Because Jesus had to pay the price for us. We couldn't even pay the price for redemption. He had to do it on our behalf, y'all. So why can't we bow down and say, Lord, it's not about me. God is all about you. And you, I do live. And you, I do move. And you, I do have my being. God, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't even be who I am. This is why I always say I have been crucified with Christ. I remind myself every day I've been crucified with Christ because I know something is going to come up in my life where the enemy is going to try to make me think I haven't been crucified. So I have to remind myself the life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and who died for me. This is why you have to have your mind renewed to the point to know who you are. So when the enemy attack you and make you feel like you're not worthy. Say you did say that right. I'm not worthy. But because of Jesus, I've been made worthy. Because of Jesus, I've been made righteous. I'm in right standing with him. I am justified just as I have never sinned. I have been acquitted of that thing. So when the enemy is trying to put these things in your mind and give you a mental picture of who you were, say, no, that's who I were. This is who I am. Now that I'm in Christ, some of us don't even know who we are. We don't know our new identity. You have a new identity. You don't base your life on what you used to do or how you used to do it. I'm telling you, get over it. Because let me tell you, you're going to mess up. We all have fallen short to the glory of God. But because of the blood of Jesus, because we know what he done, when sin is not.
knocking on our door. I don't care what kind of sin it is. It can be a lie. It can be fornication. It can be adultery. It can be suicide. No matter what the sin is that knock on your door, when you realize who you are, you saying you at the wrong house. I don't live here anymore. That's when you begin to go into warfare. Come on, that warfare is in your mind. This is the battlefield, y'all. It is in your mind. And the enemy know this. Look at the Egyptians. They went back to Egypt. They went back to where they were. And they began to be satisfied with the way they were. Until God began to show himself to them. And then they began to rejoice in him. And this is what's happening to the world today. We as kingdom citizens need to show forth Jesus so the world would know, hey, this is not living. This is not the way God wanted to be. But when we're joining in with the world and we're doing what the world is doing and we're settling, people are saying, how can you tell me? When you're living the way that you live. And some people say, well, let me tell you something. Ain't no man or ain't no woman can live. Without sex. Not lest they gay. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie. If anybody told you. Now you at the age that you're supposed to have a woman by now. Yeah you may have them. But that don't mean you got to have them. Hear what I say. That mean you may have them. But that don't mean you got to have them. Don't let the enemy feel like. Well now come on now. This is what you got to do. That's what the enemy wants you to do. But when God paid the price, when Jesus paid the price for sin, then we don't indulge in that sin because we know who we are. We begin to reveal the glory of God. Some people say, they telling you a lie. They ain't been celibate all. How you know? Because you ain't. That's how you know, because you ain't. Let me fix this mic. Make sure you hear it. They can say what they want. They young. They doing something. How you know? I done been there, done done that. That's you. Because the enemy want us to speak that thing. See, he used what the Bible God used. Speak those things that be not as though they were. He wants you to speak that sin so to be sin. We got to speak opposite of what the enemy want us to speak. I like this. If you're going to do what you do, just do it. What you hiding for? Ain't no use to hide and God already know. Come on, look at Joseph. Potiphar wife wanted to lay with Joseph. But Joseph ran. But she, he left a piece of him right there. And so she accused him of something he didn't do. Joseph, come on, y'all, the Bible speaks for it. Don't even tell me that's Old Testament. Come on, God, grace was right there. Joseph loved the Lord more than he loved fornication and adultery. You got to love him more than you love sin. When you know the love of God, you won't be doing what you used to do. I don't care what you say. I don't care how bad your mate treats you. I don't care if your mate cheated on you. When you have the love of God in you, you don't cheat on them. You did me, I'm going to do you. Then we call it even, we'll squash it. The devil is a lie, that's because you want to. It was just an excuse. Come on. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Adam didn't have to eat the fruit. But his wife offered him the fruit so to have peace. <laughs> which he already had. He ate it. 
Sometimes you eating out of a woman's hand and you know it ain't right, but you do it to keep peace in your house. That ain't godly. Well, I do what they want me to do so I can rest tonight. So I'll get on the rooftop like the word of God say. Just get on the rooftop. Just, just sleep up there. And you're still going to hear from the rooftop. Because a woman never shut up, do they, honey? A woman will catch you when you roll over and wake up with one eye. I've been waiting on you. Let's finish this conversation. A woman don't sleep. Not to a saddle. Amen, Julia. <laughs> We're going to saddle this right now. Baby, I got to go to work. You're going to listen to me or you ain't going to work. Me and y'all know these women. <laughs> you in warfare. And you got to know how to handle this warfare. You know, some people say, why don't you just admit it and quit it? You admitting it, but you ain't quitting it. So why you admitting it? This, this is a new thing. Yeah, I did it. I did it. I'm so sorry, baby. It won't happen again. Okay, baby, I forgive you. And no, you're lying. The only way it won't happen again is you get the help of the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's just be honest. Y'all, we got to quit this foolishness. Because if you don't have his help, this is why the Holy Spirit is here to help us. Because we can't do it on our own. This is why he walk alongside of us. So when we call on him, he can comfort us in our time of trouble. Holy Spirit, I can't get through what I'm going through. Holy Spirit, I'm still watching this pornography. I try not to watch it. I threw away the magazines, but I'm still having mental images. Why? Because you looked at it so long, you don't need a magazine no more. That's why your mind got to constantly be renewed with the word of God because the enemy has built a stronghold in your mind and he's keeping you in bondage due to your way of thinking. That's why the Bible said the weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God are pulling down strongholds. All of us in this room, I believe, have a mental picture of something. Let me give you an example. If you had something um, terrible to happen in your life, and you go in your closet and you picking out your clothes and the same clothes that you wore when you had something to happen in your life. When you look at those clothes, you get a mental picture of what was. And the enemy used that mental picture against you with something that has popped up. You remember what happened then? What making any different now? Those are strongholds. When you get in the same pattern in your life, a repeated pattern over and over again, you have a stronghold in your mind. And that stronghold need to be rooted up and tore down. And the only way it can be rooted up and tore down is through the word of God. This is what the enemy is using, y'all. He's using deceit. And this is why Moses had to always come in on the scene and tell them what God was saying. And demonstrate God and let them know that God is above this. God is greater than this. So God had to show them his power. But some of them still died in the wilderness. Because they didn't want to take God at his word. Miracle Temple, some of you are dying. Spiritually. Because you don't want to take God at his word. You get in the word, but you don't want to hold on to the word. Because you still think you know. You still thinking man know. But God is sending you truth. And you won't grab hold of the truth. You still say, I'm going to try what they say. It'll work. They promised me it'll work this time. But what did God tell you? 
We're taking man's word over God's word because we believe more in man than we believe in God. When you believe in God, just like Moses says, stand still and see. But wait a minute. He said, stand still and see. You got to stand still first so you'll be able to see. You can't be anxious. You can't be all over the place. You got to say, God, you said those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Because sometimes we need to be renewed in strength to know who we are now that we're in him. And God will say, stand still. And you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. So when you hear that verse of scripture, you're hearing it because you were in the word. You meditated on it. So God is bringing it to you when something is happening in your life. So that's the verse that says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Y'all, that's just that first verse we went over. Ephesians 610. Let me tell you something. If you don't go into the word of God and break it down and know what God is saying, then you'll mess up. So he said, I want your dependency to be upon me. Not upon you. Get over you. This ain't no self fight. This is not a physical fight. We're in a spiritual warfare. You cannot try to go in this battle thinking I can handle this. You have to go to God. You have to go to the Holy Spirit and say, what do I need to do in this battle? How do I need to handle this situation? When David got attacked. And they took his wives and they took the other people, um, spoils and all of this. David went to God and said, God, do I go after them? God said, yes, David, go and recover all. Because God, he was looking to God. He wasn't looking to David. Because the people was ready to kill David. Because they said it's because of you that this has happened. But David didn't let the people get next to him. What did he do? He cried out to God. Y'all, it's time for us to really cry out to God even the more and say, God, what do you want me to do in my house? How do you want me to handle my children? How do you want me to handle my my job? God, tell me what you want me to do. I'm going to be still until I hear from you because I want to go in and tear something up. Come on, we got to be honest, y'all. We got to be honest with ourselves. But God, I know that my strength and ability come from you. So that's that verse. But then it gets to another verse and it says in verse 11, look at this here. Now, after he's telling us what we have to do, our dependencies on him, he said, put on the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Did y'all hear that verse? It said, put on the whole armor of God. The problem is we don't know we got armor. But you got to put it on. You have it. But God said you got to put it on. Already given it to you. But you got to put it on. I have not seen. Well, I'm not going to say that because that has happened. People have left out of their house naked because they were out of their mind. But God said, put on the whole armor. That's the only way you're going to be able to stand against. Listen what I'm saying. If your armor is not on. You can't stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil's deceit. The trickery of the devil. You cannot stand against him if you don't have on the whole armor. And guess what? I'm, I have to back up a little bit. I have to rewind. 
the Holy Spirit is reminding me of this. Before I get to that, before you even stand against him and put on that whole armor, and when I say you got to be prepared for battle, you got to know that God has given you power. God has given you right and he's given you authority. Some of us don't know that. Some of us sit up there and let the enemy come at us any kind of way. And we sit there, that devil, that devil, I'm tired of that devil coming at me. Every which way I turn, there go that devil. That tells me you don't know who you are. That tells me that you're not aware that God has given you dominion. He has given you right over the devil. And when you know he has given you that right and he has given you that ability, you shouldn't allow the enemy to come at you like that. Because God has given you that right. This is why when Jesus sent out those disciples, check this out. We got people going out trying to stand against the enemy and don't even have what they need to fight. But before Jesus sent them out, he gave them power. He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. You cannot go out without the power. This power comes when you are baptized in the Holy Ghost. When you get saved, you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise until the day of redemption. But God said, that identifies you as being born again. He said, but you need some power to come upon you. The power of God to come upon you so you can be a witness For Jesus, for me, so you can do what he done. That power is the evidence. The evidence is the speaking in tongues. Some of us may never speak in tongues in public. We may do it at our own home. But you need that power to stand against the enemy. You have the right. You have the authority. But God wants you fully equipped. That's why Jesus, y'all, go back in the word of God. Even Jesus, the son of God, which came as the son of man on this earth, Jesus had to be baptized with fire. Before he could even go out, he didn't start his ministry until the power of God come upon him. That's the word. So why do you got ministers telling people behind the pulpit, you don't need no tongues? Holy Ghost went away with the apostles, the power. All that went away. You don't need all this. The devil is a lie. If Jesus needed it, why don't we need it? Jesus didn't go out and go against no demons or nothing until the power of God come upon him. And then the Bible tells me that Jesus went into the wilderness, was led in there by the Holy Spirit, fasted 40 days and 40 nights. When he was weak, when he was hungry, the enemy come at Jesus. But Jesus was prepared for those attacks. Jesus was armed. He was dangerous. He knew who he was. The first thing the devil said, if you are the son of God. Turn these stones into bread. See, the devil wants you not to know your identity. He wants you to do like he says so he can see if you know who you are. Jesus did not need to justify himself. Jesus said, man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That wasn't enough for the enemy because he said, okay, you got that one. Let's see if you can get this one. So the enemy began to twist the word of God. He began to tempt God and use Psalms 91 to do it. He told him to throw himself over the pinnacle. The angels will hold you up lest you dash your foot, left a verse out. He left the verse out because that's what the enemy does. He uses the word of God against you to try to give you partly truth, but not the whole truth. 
And if you don't know the whole truth, you cannot be set free. So Jesus knew you're trying to tempt God. Don't y'all know that? I'll give you an example. Remember the man that was on television, had them rattlesnakes? And daddy reminded me of this several weeks ago. Had the rattlesnakes and was telling people to um, let them bite them or they wouldn't bite them or something and the man died. That's tempting God. Trying to, trying to make people think, I'm God. And he died because he was tempted God. God ain't going to tell you to jump off no building and I'll pick you up. God is not a God like that. And some people try that foolish stuff. If you're going to try that, make sure your business fixed, okay? Make sure you got your will and everything written out and everything you want to do and just go and die. You just go to Jesus quicker than you ever went, but you went to him foolishly. And you couldn't live out that life God wanted you to live. So what I'm saying is we're in a battle and you got to know God has given you power. And he sent out the 70 in Luke 10. And they come back with joy. And they said, even the devils are subject to us because of your name. Y'all, where are we missing it in the word? They said, even the devils are subject to us because of your name. It's because of Jesus' name that the enemy is subject to us because God has given us the authority to let the enemy know they got right to rule and reign over you. Because of what my son did. What did Jesus do? He disarmed him according to Colossians, the second chapter. He stripped him, the principalities and powers. He made a show over them, triumphing over them in public. What did he do? When a king wins a battle, he takes the other king and the king is drugged behind him. He cut off his toes and he cut off his thumbs. Why? He said, because he can't be used in war anymore and he can't run. So he showed them, I done done disarmed him. There's nothing else that he can do. So Jesus was showing them Satan has been disarmed of his power, his right to rule over you. I have given you the keys to the kingdom. I have given you right and authority. So when the enemy come up against you, you need to know what you have. The enemy wants you to think you don't have dominion. You don't have right over him. So Jesus disarmed him. Now, being that we know we have this power, what is he saying? Put on this armor. Put on your armor. And when you're putting on that armor, what are you fighting against? The deceit of the enemy, the trickery of the enemy. Because he don't have no power. What the enemy is coming against is your mind to make you think that things are not the way they are. So he's going to trick you. Did he do it in the Garden of Eden? Yes, he did. He got the right to rule and reign because he told them, did God really say? How many of y'all, when you're standing on a promise and you hear the enemy's voice, did God really say? This is what's going on with you. This is what's happened to you. And it sounds like, well, God, is that you? Because he's so subtle. He comes as an angel of light. He wants you to believe that lie. And the Bible said, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. This is what warfare do. It is in your mind. You got to put on the whole armor of God. So when the enemy come in with these lies, with these tricks, you are aware that's not my God. That's the enemy coming against me. So he said, you got to put it on so you can stand against. If you don't have on this armor, you cannot stand against y'all. This is why we're losing the battle that was already won because we only standing for what we believe. 
We're only standing for what Jesus already done. You're not trying to win a victory. You coming from a victory. So quit trying to think that this is what you done. No, Jesus already defeated him. You're standing on what Jesus already done. You're letting the enemy know, no, it's already done. I'm just standing on what's done. That's why Paul said he fought the good fight of faith. His fight was a good fight of faith because he believed in what God was saying. God said it's time for us to believe in what he's saying unto us, not what the enemy is saying. Because people are dying daily, y'all. Young folks are getting killed. People are coming into people's homes and just killing them. There was a worker, I don't know if y'all saw it, on the news that my husband was telling me about. He went in there to deliver a package to a lady. He killed the lady. Left her bleeding on the floor, took off with the truck like it was nothing. He was high on drugs. The other worker came in the house and saw her dead, but he took off and left. The enemy done what he needed to do. This is every day, y'all. Every day in our society, people are getting killed. What about the woman who killed her two children and herself? Went on vacation with the daughter, with the son. Put on um, Facebook saying, my children are the best. But she killed herself and the children. Come on, I can give you more cases that steady popping up in the news where people are just turning on each other, killing each other because they don't like what somebody is saying, so they kill them. You can't invite in and everybody in your home because they say, oh, how I love Jesus. That's why he give you discerning of spirits so you will know what spirit they are of. Everybody that come to church don't come to church because they want to join in with you to worship Jesus. They come to church to cause havoc within the church. Give you an example. God is so good, y'all, when it comes to warfare. And when he prepare you for what you're teaching. I was up to about 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I had turned on the television. And there was a movie on. And I said, oh, I want to watch that. But it was like, I want you to watch that movie. It was two parts to the movie. And when I started watching the movie, it was dealing with a congregation. And in, in the congregation, they were ordaining this other man to be an assistant pastor. So the man had got up, and he was rejoicing, and he was giving God glory for what the Lord is doing in his life and in his wife's life. And the pastor was telling the congregation, build your altar at home so you can be in the presence of the Lord right there in your home. You don't have to be in the church to come to the altar. Build it in your home. So after the... Um, the orientation or ordaining the man, there was another man that flew in and he was over both of them. And he told him while he was up there praising God, God took him in a trance and he saw the devil talking. And the devil began to tell him how he was going to come into that congregation. He was hearing the devil's battle plans. God took him in the spirit. He said he's going to come into this congregation and he's going to cause havoc right here in this house. So he said, I'm forewarning you. God allowed me to see what the enemy want to do. When he left, the, the assistant pastor that got ordained, him and his wife was building a house, and they told the builder, we want a room set aside for a prayer room where we go before God and we worship him. Three months later, they, they went into their home, and they made a covenant. He surprised his wife. He had done a covenant on the wall with his name, his wife's name, and the child's name, and, you know, putting the word in that covenant. And standing on the word of God, and he was explaining to his young son, he said, any time that you want to be before the Lord, come in here, put this music over your ears, and just begin to worship God. 
Begin to tell God how much you love him. This is our place that we're going to meet every day as a family. And we're going to come together as a family and worship God. Now, this wife invited her stepsister to come stay with them. And the husband said, no, I'm getting a prompting in my spirit. She don't need to come stay with us. The wife said, no, she'll be okay. Let her come. So the husband said, okay, for you, I'll let her come. Now, when the lady came, the pastor, his pastor told him, God has been showing me you for three days in a dream. He said, sometimes simple stuff is what you need to pay attention to. So this gentleman said, told him, the pastor said, God is saying, don't you eat nobody food unless your wife cook it. He said, that may sound simple, but God done showed it to me three times. Don't do it. So when she invited her sister there, her sister was asking her, do you cook for your husband? And she said, well, you know, we cook sometime, but within our busy schedule. So the sister said, well, let me do it. Let me cook for for your husband. She said, no, 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 no. I, I prefer to do it. She let her do it. So that night, her husband was sitting at the table, and he looked at the food. He said, this looks so good. He said, who cooked it? The sister said, your wife cooked it. And she just stared. She said, yeah, I cooked it. I cooked it. So when he got ready to pray over the food, his pastor popped back before him and said, don't you eat nobody's food except your wife's food. So he looked at her again. He said, are you sure you cooked the food? She said, yeah, I cooked it. He ate the food. Woke up the next morning, wasn't even in the bed with his wife. He was on the couch getting ready to fly out for a meeting. And his wife um, called him on the phone. She said, you didn't even come to prayer. We couldn't even wake you up. My sister told me just to leave you on the couch. He said, that has never happened before. He said, I've been feeling kind of funny and I don't understand the way I'm feeling. But did you cook that food? She said, yeah, I cooked that food. He went on the trip, long story short. A Jezebel come on the trip. He didn't know her. She didn't know him. She seduced him. He ended up sleeping with her. Three months later, she called him and said, I need more money. He gave her 5000 gave her 2000 tried to pay her off so the wife wouldn't find out. She wanted more money. She was going to tell the wife. So this man quit going before the Lord. The, the wife crying out, and she said, why aren't you praying with us anymore? I'm tired. I'm tired. You go before the Lord for me. So next thing he did is tear down the altar. Tore down everything in that room. He said, we're not doing this no more. Don't have this in the house no more. She didn't understand what's going on with my husband. Why is this man acting like this? He's a loving man. Next thing you know, this man, next thing the lady told him, okay, I'm going to your wife. She was following him. I need the money. I'm going to your wife, and I got your baby in my womb. And I'm going to let your wife know I'm pregnant by you. So this man was going ballistic. She texted him at home. And his wife knew it was a text, but he deleted the text. He went to work the next morning and left his phone. His wife is up in prayer. She's asking the Lord. She said, Lord, what's happening in our home? And the phone rung. She answered it, and the woman exposed herself, and she thought it was the man. The wife just went ballistic. The man come back home to get the phone. This, this spiritual lady slapped him to the floor. So she still needed some help, right? He got up like a wild man. He didn't hit her. And he drove all the way to his pastor's house. Told the pastor's wife, you got to wake up, pastor. Pastor come down there. He's screaming and hollering. Couldn't tell him what was going on with his home. He said, you just need to come to my house. Please come to my house. Please come to my house. The man went to his house. By that time, the woman had broke up the covenant, took the glass, and she was bleeding. And they went upstairs. She holding the covenant. And the pastor said, come back down. Come back down. Let's pray. 
So when they were coming back down and the man was explaining the situation and everything that happened, the woman ended up confessing and said, I didn't cook the food, my sister cooked the food. So they end up repenting for not doing what the Lord told them to do, for letting the enemy come in the house. They said, it's the scripture in the Bible saying where the serpent has bit you, meaning that you allowed the enemy to come in your house through disobedience. But the pastor says it's not too late. So both of them began to repent. And while they began to repent, the woman pulls up in his driveway. And she tell him, I'm outside. The pastor said, let her come in because she need help. Who does that? Let her come in. She needs help. The wife takes the phone and go outside, and guess what? It's her best friend. Her best friend was a Jezebel. She'd been ministering to her friend on the job. Both of them was nurses. She'd been giving her friend scriptures. And a matter of fact, before her husband went on the business trip, she said, I have to give her this scripture. I don't understand, but the Lord is prompting the scripture before me, and I need to send it to her. When she seen her friend, she just lost it. She said, God, how much more can I take? How much more can I take? God, no, how much more can I take? So when the girl came in, she was devastated, and she told her, she said, I didn't know it was your husband. She said, I suppose I had met another man. I couldn't get that man, and I was so on fire to be with a man. I looked for a man, and she said it was your husband. But she said, I'm not pregnant. She said, I saw a face that come to me in a dream. And that face was telling me to go after your husband. That face was telling me to say I was pregnant, to take your home, to take everything from you. So as they were sitting there and the pastor began to minister to her, she repented and she accepted Jesus. So all of them there together. Now their son, the stepsister took the son to school. They get a call. The son is dead at school. So the dad, he just leaves out the house, go get the son. He takes the son from the people that was trying to bring life back to him. He take the son home, put the son in the prayer room. The son is dead. They're around the son, praising, worshiping God. He's setting back up the altar. He's saying, God, forgive me. I repent for what I allowed to happen to my house. And as he repenting and telling God he forgive him, guess what? The son come back to life. That wasn't the end of it. The sister comes back to the house. Come in the prayer room and fall all up against the wall. Can't stand up. Come to find out the devil was using the sister. She started talking with the man's voice. Saying, your son's supposed to be dead. I want the boy. Looking at her sister and saying, you took my place. You, my children, could not have what you have. You got sent to the United States. You got a good job. So the enemy was using the sister against the sister. She wanted to destroy everything that belonged to the sister. They began to go into warfare. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And the girl was all over the floor. Y'all, this is real. All over the floor, waddling over the floor. And that spirit come out of that girl. When the spirit come out of her, she said, where am I? She said, where am I? Where's my husband? They called the husband. He said, she's been missing for 10 months. We could not find her. So she didn't know. The sister said, you're in my home. She said, the last thing I remember, I went to my mother's house. And she wanted me to come against you, and I wouldn't do it. And she laid hands on me. And she said, that's the last thing I remember. But the girl got delivered. Why am I saying this to you? You don't know who's amongst you. Why is God bringing this in this house? 
Why is God showing me all of this? Because God is saying, you got to be prepared for what's around you. The enemy will use the sweetest person that's close to you and say they love Jesus because the sister said, my sister know the Lord. She would say, let's pray. But she didn't know that she was possessed. That she was sent there to literally kill that family. But God intervened. Now the pastor. God showed the pastor another dream before all of this transpired. He said, now I understand the dream. There was a box floating on the water, open water. He went and got the box. He opened up the box. There was a stick in the box. He said, Lord, why is this stick not wet? Everything is wet, but why is the stick not wet? The pastor that told him in the beginning how the enemy was going to come into the church and destroy the church. The pastor came back in that same dream and he said, this is what's happening to the church. He said, the church is being shifted like wheat. But God has got people praying for the church. You got people in the church acting spiritual, but they like the stick, they dry. They portray in one thing, but that's not who they are. What am I saying to you today, Miracle Temple? It's time out for playing. It's time out for speaking what you don't believe yourself. It's time out for showboating to make people think that you're in a place and your home is tore up. It's time out for spending so much time outside the home that you're not spending enough time in your home to know what's going on in your own home. God want us not to only come into the church and praise God, but he want us to worship him at home so we can bring it in the church. So many people are spending so much time in the church and they're going home and acting the same way. There is no change. God said it's time for you to put on your whole armor. Next Sunday, I'm going to go over that armor. I'm taking a little bit at a time. And the reason why we're saying one thing, but we're doing another. We're saying what we want people to hear, but we're acting out of our character. We don't want to come out of that place. The church is full of rejection. See me, hear me, be attached to me. People that are saints are more on Facebook, I believe, than the center. Because they want so much attention from people. And when you want so much attention from people, that means you are rejected. When you're going after things that you should not be going after and you don't even fulfill what you're already doing, you want people to know, I can do this. That's a form of pride. Pride and rejection come together. When you're trying to get people to look at you, see me, hear me, be attached to me, and things that you're doing because you want it to be so big and so glorious, but truth be told, you want people to know that was me. Quit using God in the midst of it. Because let me tell you something. God will show up in a pig pen and he'll clean it up. God will show up in, in the, on the outside here and he'll draw a crowd. People are trying to make the church on the inside be so glorious and you ain't going on the outside and begotten sheep. People want to show up on the inside and preach and teach with people. But when you get on the outside, you ain't saying nothing. We're supposed to make disciples on the inside so you can go on the outside and be a disciple or follower of Jesus Christ. People feel like if they're not behind this podium, they ain't doing nothing. God has given you a great commission. Go ye therefore. He's given you that, but he didn't give them that until they were prepared and ready. You got to have a place of preparation. 
When you come in the house of God, you getting trained, you getting prepared for battle. You going out and the Bible says the harvest is plentiful, but my labors are few. And then he go in and give them power so they can go out and reap the harvest. You can't reap it without having the authority given to you by Jesus Christ. People don't want to sit in the church in the house of God no more. People don't want to get taught. They feel like if I ain't waddling on the floor, if I ain't doing something, God ain't here. He's here right now. He's in the midst of you right now. He's doing a work right now. God said, let me do it. I'm forewarning you. I'm telling you what you have to do. Quit looking to everybody else to fight your battle. They can't stay with you. Because when you're alone at night, you got to rise up. And you got to let the enemy know, uh-uh, you don't own nothing up in here. You got to get up and leave out of here. The devil is a lie. The Bible says that he was a murderer from the beginning. He was a murderer and he was a liar from the beginning. And that's what he still is. But he want us to think, I got right over you. And he doesn't. So if we don't rise up as the body of Christ and get over what you think you should be doing. I should be preaching by now. I've been sitting down too long. That's why you still sit. See, we want to tell somebody something, but we don't even know how to handle our own house. We don't even know how to go into warfare in our own house, but we're trying to go in somebody else's house and deliver that house, and we can't even get deliverance in our own house. Something is wrong with that, people. We can't even love our husband, and we're telling somebody else how to love theirs. We can't even love our children the way we need to love our children, and we're trying to raise somebody else's child because that child want to listen to us, but our children don't want to listen to us. So it's easy for us to talk to that child and brag about what you done with that child. But you got a lost child out there and you can't do nothing with that child. But when you hold it on to Jesus and no matter what it looked like with that child, you still speaking truth over that child. And you ain't denying that child. See, we deny our children when they get in certain situations. We don't even want people to know some of us that that's our children. Or that's our family. I don't want them to embarrass me like that. Well, you were toe up too. Miss two goody two shoes and Mr. Goody two shoes. You used to be toe up too. Now that you save, you act like you better. Jesus walked amongst them. And the reason why he walked amongst them, he said, because those that are not sick don't need a physician. That means those that are born again, they don't need a physician. I'm coming from the sick ones. I'm coming from the ones that think they don't need a savior. We're spending too much time, and I'm going to have to say this. Church, we're spending too much time on the church. I'm going to say it again. We're spending too much time on church folk that getting, that's getting what they need to get but not using what they have. While we got people out there dying, while we being time wasters on the ones that should already know. That's the enemy plan, Miracle Temple. It's easy to talk to a brother or sister that you can talk to. Go talk to the one that don't want to talk to you. See how saved you are then. That's where the test coming at when you start walking on ground that you don't want to walk on. That's why the Bible says, he told Joshua, he said, everywhere. Not just in here. He said, everywhere the soles of your feet tread, 
You shall possess that land. Why? Because I have given you that authority. I have given you that right. I have given you that power. Quit staying within your means because these like you and these don't. Go after the ones that don't like you and introduce Jesus Christ. Come on, we we talk about, you know, oh, brother and sister this. And then when they make you mad, you can't call them brother no more. Or sister. You can't say, God bless. Hey. (laughs) Sisters and brothers in Christ. Or, I just don't mess with them no more. I just leave them to themselves. What if God left you to yourself? See what the enemy is doing right in the house of God? I don't have to love them. I can like them. Change my number. Y'all, the church is ruthless. <laughs> People don't want to come into church. I'm going to be honest, which is because of us. You got more sinners fellowshipping than you got saints now. You got more people gathering at sinner stuff than you got people gathering at saints. Do y'all, you, you, this is honest God truth. That's why I know we're in warfare. A church can have something that'll benefit others and church folks won't even show up. But somebody can have a wedding or some kind of party and send the family to places busting out with Christians. That song, I'm coming out and I want the world to know amongst the world, that's how it is. But when it's time to come out for Christ, everybody got an excuse. I just can't make it. I'm doing this, so I'm doing that. But when we want something done for ourselves, we're there. We make a way to get nails done, toes done, hair done. We make a way to go shop. But if the church is doing something, I can't put that off for what the church is doing. Come on, y'all. The enemy is already in the church. And he used you. We put off God, but we don't put off the world. We put off what we want to put off, and we go where we want to go. We do what we want to do. Y'all, let me tell you something. Clem School, and I'm not saying it because God got me teaching it, but you, they're getting some stuff in Clem School. People don't even want to take the time to come to Clem School because I'm tired. I work all day. I catch you live. If I cut off live, would you come? And if you're watching it, your life should be changed, even at home. But you find time. If somebody else asks you to do something, you show up. But you won't show up for what God has for you to prepare you for this spiritual battle. God has set up things in the house of God to prepare his people. And do you know people won't come get it? And this is the thing. It's free. Have y'all ever heard of such? We're in warfare. And the enemy is trying to go after the churches who's standing. And he's going to try to get the head. Because if he get the head, he know he got the body. So I'm telling y'all, Miracle Temple, God is not bringing this in here for no reason. He's bringing this in here to prepare you for what's already here. I'm not going to say for what's yet to come. It's already here. There's deception in the church. 
People are believing lies because they really don't know truth. When somebody bring you a lie, you shouldn't even say, you should say, that's a lie. That's not the person I know. That's a lie. That is a lie. And I'm not accepting that lie. I bind that. That's not how they're going to be. That's not who God created them to be. They are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Do you know some people have gotten mad at me because I took up for people that were wrong? You know why I take up for them? You know why? Because Jesus did. Jesus took up for the lady that he knew she committed adultery. Jesus didn't stone her. Come on, Jesus was bringing grace in with their tradition. He was bringing grace in. The law was there when Jesus walked, but he was showing them grace before he went to be with the Father. Jesus walked amongst them grace and truth, and they beheld his glory. Come on, we walk amongst people with our nose stuck up, act like we're better than them, looking down on them, but you're forgetting where you come from. You're forgetting who you serve. We serve a mighty God. The same God that done it for you, he's already done it for them. So we need to quit looking at people the wrong way and see them the way God see them. He say he don't look at the outer, he looks at the heart. It's time to rise up, y'all. We are in a spiritual battle. And the only way we can get through this battle is to stand. And the only way we can stand is with the whole armor of God. And I got some good news for you today. We already healed. We already delivered. We already prospered. But let me ask you a question. If you know you already that, then why are you living like you're not? Christians. I'm going to tell you why we're living like we're not. Because when pain comes, we don't feel healed. When the bills are overdue, we don't feel prospered. When we feel like we're going through an area in our life, we don't feel like we're delivered. Right? It's not about your feelings. It's about what the word of God says. And as long as the word of God is saying and it is written, we make what's written become rhema. By getting into the word of God and say, God, though I feel this way, quit lying to yourself and saying, you don't feel this way. Quit lying to yourself and saying, this is what I used to do years ago. If I felt bad and somebody told me I was sick, I ain't sick. That's a lie. No, I don't feel good. But by Jesus Christ, I was already healed. When Jesus walked amongst them, Jesus did not say that man didn't have a legion, did he? <laughs> he said he had a legion and he called the legion out. You cannot deny what's in front of you. Yes, that's what man say. But this is what God says. So I'm going to take what God say over what man say. If you see somebody that's going through and they keep getting attacked, with fear or whatever it may be, then you need to say, wait a minute, that's the spirit of fear. If they say, I ain't got no fear, I'm talking to the spirit of fear, not you. See, people don't want to acknowledge what's there. You got an anger issue. I don't get angry. Oh, they'll go pride too. So let's just cast that out. You don't have to tell, I ain't got none of that. Okay. See, they're denying what they have. But we have to acknowledge what's there. When you go to a doctor, don't you have to tell them what's wrong with you? Don't you have to tell them how you feel? Then they come up with what? Don't they come up with that? 
You can't sit there on, at the doctor's office and just sit there and don't say nothing. Because if you don't say nothing, they're going to say, well, I figured out what's wrong with you. You crazy. <laughs> or they're going to feel like you're deaf and dumb. Can't talk. Because they're going to say, can you talk? Can you hear what I'm saying? I never seen nobody go to a doctor's office or a lawyer office and sit there like you ignorant. You got to state your case. Is that not right? Jesus already won it. We just got to know what he done. When we know what he done and the tax come, we say, not here. I bind that in the name of Jesus. But you know what we do? We fall prey to it and say, well, this is what they say. It runs in the family. You know, we got this happening in our family so we can look for it. Well, you know, Unc had it. Y'all remember her? (laughs) It just went through the generation. Well, I just take it. Ain't that what we do? Have y'all been reading your new bloodline? Quit saying because they have it, I got it. You got a new bloodline. It may try to come at you. And quit saying, oh, Lord, they say that's all hammers. Well, if that's what they say, that's what they say. But I got the mind of Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus. I forget because you chose to forget. I don't think you forget to eat. I don't think you forget to wash. Why are you forgetting God's business? church got a problem that's because the enemy don't want you to participate in the things of God he want to keep you afar away from people that are teaching truth he wants you to try to be the one in the midst stagnating what God is doing y'all better know when you're used by the enemy that's why God show up and show out y'all that's why he bring these messages in here to let you know I know who using you but that don't stop what God's doing up in here. God will show you what's in your house, y'all. Come on, man- manipulation, jealousy, strife, envy, backbiting. Y'all don't know? That's what the enemy used. But we cut it off because we know who we are. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Pamela Bannerman, stand up right where you are. And just, oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Athea, 